Welcome to The Eating Cast. I am Chris. And I am Vincent. And today we're joined by good friend Mark Salas. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah. We're glad to have you on. So, Mark, uh, just go ahead and give us a little um, intro about you, uh, who, who you are, um, what do you do, and kind of where you're going. Where, okay. where you plan to go. <laughs> where I plan to go? Yeah. Um, so I'm a massage therapist. I uh-huh. work with you guys yep. at the at your company um i've been doing it for about seven years now so i'm a little bit older than you guys so i kind of had like a later in life transition from one career path to another okay. uh, so i think i'm kind of on the right path where i should be and um as for where i'm going i'm just gonna kind of take this as as far as i can i think i i kind of found where i'm meant to be and what i'm meant to do so um, I'm just going to make this field kind of my my end goal career path, and hopefully, eventually, um, give back to the community, start teaching, mm-hmm. continuing ed classes, that sort yeah. of stuff. Okay, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. So that's why you say that, like you're p- pretty much trying to master your own craft, try to figure out your own happiness, right? Try to satisfy that. Um, <laughs> that's a good transition because today <laughs> what we're talking about is um, Ayn Rand. We're talking about Bioshock, her philosophy on on objectivism. Um, and then mm-hmm. pretty much how man, according to her, is, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, it's to just satisfy his own happiness, and he was built to only produce and succeed in his own craft, right? Basically, yeah. It's definitely a lot more involved than that because um, she is considered a philosopher, mm-hmm. uh, or actually it's controversial whether yeah. she's considered a philosopher or not. Um, so I don't know if, I don't think we're going to, delve into that side of the argument because it's really, really involved. But um, yeah, in, in essence, uh, she brought up a lot of um, a lot of concepts that have really been controversial, but also have sparked a lot of thought. And uh, central to those were, were her thought that selfishness is important, that you should basically only be concerned with your own happiness mm-hmm. um, within reason. There's parameters for that. Mm-hmm. And um and yeah, that your your noblest, I think they say she says it that your noblest achievement is your personal like production. Mm. Okay, um, and that's where a lot of um, people kind of start to get a bad taste in their mouth for her, <clears throat> because uh, it comes off as being um, rude. It comes off as being uh, cutthroat, yeah. and you know you're you're out for yourself, and you're not willing to help anyone, and. and mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding there, and um, there's some room for, for, you know, the good sides of, of yeah. what that can bring. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like I'm um, just kind of recent, um, briefly going over like um, Aaron Rand's. Like um, I am aware of her, but I'm not like too like um, knowledgeable in that kind of like sense, like what she was really about. I just knew the general topic, like um, pretty much just like what we, what we just like uh, said. How she's kind of like, she's a philosopher in a sense where she believes in like um, individual happiness, right? Over like um, pretty much like the greater happiness in a sense. So how does I remember, uh, just earlier we were just talking about it like um, that and like Bioshock mm-hmm. earlier <laughs> gaming. Yeah, sure. We're all nerds in a sense, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So how does that tie into like Bioshock? Um, I was just kind of like curious, like the thought of that. Yeah, and I think that goes back to kind of how mm-hmm. Vincent and I started the entire topic. We were sitting in clinic one day, and he had the catchphrase. He just said, "Would you kindly?" I don't even remember. It was because you, you and uh, from our previous podcast, our listeners would know Eric. Um, but you guys were getting at it for fun, right? Yeah, and, which we, we usually do, yeah. And he was like, fuck you. And I'm like, well, he said it in a very nice way, right, to you. And you're like, I can't get back at him because he said it in such a nice way. Like, oh, yeah. he told me to fuck off, but gen- <laughs> gently. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, just tell him, would you kindly fuck off, right? And then you can't get you can't get mad at that. You totally. said it nicely. Totally. And then that, that triggered, like, immediately my head went straight to Bioshock because that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Would you kindly is a, is a very important catchphrase in that game if yeah. you've ever played it. 
And so I immediately recognized it and I looked at him and I said, what are you trying to do some hypnotism on me or some mind control? And he's like, oh, you know where that's from. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I played Bioshock. So we started nerding oh, nerding out yeah. about that. Everyone else was like, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and we were talking about the game just in general, in general yeah. for a little bit. And then I, I, um, I mentioned, I was like, did you know that that whole world that was created in that game, Rapture, was uh, created loosely based off of Ayn Rand's philosophy of, of objectivism. And he's like, Who, who's that? What's that? And we started talking just a, a little bit about it. And he goes, I want to read that book now and mm-hmm. uh, do a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and kind of here we are. Yeah. Awesome. So it just all started from a, from a game conversation. Yeah. And this was like a couple months ago. And I kind of picked up the book. You said... Which one did I start? With? I think Atlas Shrugged. Um, Fountainhead. I started. I said Fountainhead yeah. because it was the shorter read. It was mm-hmm. um, Atlas Shrugged. I think is a much much bigger book, but it's Atlas Shrugged is the one that's kind of they're both like highly touted. But I think Atlas Shrugged is the one that more people reference when they talk about Ayn Rand. Yeah, and there's a there's a bar in by Lincoln Square that's called yeah. Fountainhead. So there's got there's got to be some That's kind so of interesting. reference yeah. there. Yeah, and when you go out. inside, so I don't know. I, I think that it's that it's kind of tied to um, Ayn Rand. When you walk in, it's got this very like old school twenties thirties bustling kind of scene. Okay. Um, little known fact about Fountainhead is that it's actually one of the larger um, whiskey bars oh. in the city. Okay, so, that's that's up my alley. Yeah, I enjoy whiskey. Yeah. So you know Delilah's, right? Yes. Obviously, it's on Lincoln Lincoln Avenue. Delilah's is kind of like the gold standard of of whiskey joints of whiskey mm-hmm. bars. Um, <clears throat> Fountainhead is supposed to have more whiskeys than they do. Mm. Like I, I can't remember by how many hundreds more, but they have a lot more options. Oh man! Um, than even Delilah's does. So it's again, it's it, everyone knows it for the rooftop, and and they got good food there, right? And they got a huge beer list. It's several pages long, but it really is at heart a, a whiskey um, joint. Yeah. Um, but yeah, awesome. the whole the whole scenery and everything with it is is uh, <clears throat> just reminds me of that whole era that Ayn Rand writes about, which is that the. 20s 30s like mm-hmm. industrial revolution kind of yeah. era mm-hmm. see like um i briefly played bioshock I, I didn't really get into it. i didn't dive into that um genre that uh too hard but yeah just kind of like playing it for what it was worth just kind of seeing <clears throat> bioshock right um <laughs> it really kind of uh, it, it's really kind of dark in a sense where it's like if we didn't have the um, kind of like standard standardization of like how and indu- how industries should kind of operate and how like <coughs> bless you um, and how like um, the because back in the day right during like the industrial revolution there was really no labor laws there was no like um, uh, work laws in, t- in terms of, and working working conditions and everything like that it's like it was all completely crap in a sense. <laughs> like just to say, just to be blunt about it, it was it was really bad. Um, but yeah, just seeing that and Bioshock is like that would have been kind of like more or less an outcome of us if we didn't have certain restrictions and like um, ethical codes put into place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> totally. And, yeah, and like going back, so as soon as you open Bioshock, actually the intro quote it says, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> "Yeah, I had it because because this one it." Well, after I read it again, I was like, yeah. okay, this is definitely like what Ayn Rand is all about. Yeah. So opening, it says, I am Andrew Ryan, and I'm here to ask you a question. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, says the man in Washington. It belongs to the poor. No, says the man in the Vatican. It belongs to God. No, says the man in Moscow. It belongs to everyone. I rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. I chose the impossible. I chose Rapture, a city where the artists would not fear the censor, where the scientists would not be bound by petty morality, where the great would not be constrained by the small, and with the sweat of your brow, Rapture could become your city as well. So I'm not sure if you picked, uh, you probably picked that up already, but like Andrew Ryan is a playoff of Aaron (laughs) Rand. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's actually very interesting. Yep. It, it's it's got a lot of roots in bio uh, Bioshock with and, and the writer Ken Levine, um, or the director I can't remember what mm-hmm. part he had, but like he he even outright says yeah Ayn Rand was a 
was a big influence. So Andrew Ryan yeah. uh, is short for um, Ayn Rand. Yeah. The uh, the main bad guy, I guess, or, or the underground um, character that leads the that starts the initial revolution. Um, I think his name was Frank Fontaine. Mm-hmm. He's goes by Atlas for oh. Atlas Shrugged. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Um, Tenenbaum. Yeah, Tenenbaum. I think who's was it Ayn Rand's last name? Rosenbaum, uh, some I believe something, something like, that. like that, and then but, but that, and then yeah, there's a whole bunch of posters that are up in the game that says who is on Andrew Ryan, so very similar to who is John Galt, which was yeah. a, a big that was a really big thing actually. Um, I remember as a kid, or not even as a kid, just like a few years ago when I was just going to school, or um, yeah, when I was just traveling to <clears throat> um, from place to place, I would always pass by billboards that would have um, who is John Galt. Really, really, yeah, you saw that. Wait, what? Yeah. Where? There was one on Pulaski between um, Devon and uh, Peterson. (laughs) That's pretty cool. uh, North North Town. Mm -hmm. Because I would always exit, um, uh, because I I live in Saganash, and I would always uh, take that route to North Park, and I would always see that sign, like, who is John Galt? I'm like, I never looked into it, like... But yeah. it always who the hell is John Gold? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> like, who the hell is John Gold? Yeah. How did he get a poster? Yeah, I never, I never encountered that actually, like really? in, in real life. I just, okay. you know, I, is, is it like a fictional character? Is it like, yeah, he, he's a character okay. in Atlas Shrugged. Oh, he, he's basically the Andrew Ryan of oh. Atlas Shrugged. He's okay. a character that, um, that doesn't agree with the way the world is is operating, and so he leaves the world, and uh, he creates his own society. Uh, they call it Galt's Gulch in the book, I think. But, oh, wow. But in Andrew Ryan's game and Bioshock, it's Rapture. So he creates this whole society, and he goes around and he starts finding like-minded individuals, usually very powerful, big players in um, in the industry and mm-hmm. philosophic and science and all of that stuff. Um, and he collects all of them because they feel the same way he does, and they all leave and live in this society that they create and they operate under their rules with no um, government intervention and they're oh, wow. free they're free to create and yeah and achieve without any restrictions which is what um, Ayn Rand was all about um, and and that's exactly what happened in Rapture but something went wrong um, just like mm. You know, you can you can argue and say you know something's wrong in today's capitalism. It's yeah. not necessarily capitalism that yeah. we have. Unfortunately, um, not. You know, so yeah. so and then it's interesting that they create this this utopian society, or they say we're going to do it better, and then that fails as well in um, in the game at mm-hmm. least. But yeah, yeah, and Andrew Ryan like. <clears throat> On his way, like his downfall, he would rather self-destruct his facility than than have someone else fix it, take care, take over it. Yep. Like he'd rather yep. just go take it down. Absolutely, because that's his creation, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's he owns that. Yeah. He owns his creation. He's not going to let anyone take his work and 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 go with it. Yeah, absolutely. And and in the book, Atlas Shrug, uh, the character Hank Reardon does that as well. He's um, he's this steel producer who creates this more advanced steel he's able to do it cheaper it lasts longer it's much better um so he puts it out on the market and it has the ability to destroy his competition um honorably and that's that's a very key point in ayn rand's um philosophy he does it ethically with integrity and honorably mm-hmm. uh, just creates a better product for cheaper uh, you know, and he's taking care of his people. He's not sacrificing profits by making people work twice as hard. He's paying them living good wages. He's just able to be a better businessman than his competitors. Um, and those competitors all rally against him, and they create all of these roadblocks for him. They uh, they use public pressure. They use government pressure mm-hmm. um, by buying politicians and stuff, and they make it impossible for him to do his business. Um, and, and part of it is like, yeah, he just says, well, if I can't do this, I'm not going to sell you the rights to my steel because that was, that was an option. You can let us all have your, your patents so we can all create. It's like, no, this is mine, my invention. And this is, that's it. Yeah. Um, there's another character who, um, burns down his business. And I think there's a sign that he posts up. I'm going to get the quote wrong, but the sign says, 
something to the effect of um, here here is my work uh, or I left this work as I um, um, I left it as I found it mm. uh, go ahead and take over but he burned the whole thing to the ground so yeah. whoever has to start has to start from nothing from scratch yeah wow that's really powerful yeah it's a powerful statement yeah and we should look up that quick yeah. quote because it's a really powerful one and uh, what book was that that was Atlas Shrugged yeah that's a really powerful quote actually it's a good quote I, yeah. I can't remember it exactly but it's basically like yeah I'm gonna burn I'm gonna burn my own work down because you can't you're you're forcing me out of this business mm-hmm. um, so I'm not gonna let you take my work and go with it yeah that kind of like for me like um, just that quote kind of just sparked this light bulb in my head where it's kind of like in our current society right it's like it's very segmented right in a sense and it really sparked that thought that like you know whatever we make of this society now that we have it right um with kind of like the polit like the politicians and kind of like the way um at least like the u.s is kind of like going we're really leaving a a lot in a sense for the next generation to come in terms of like um, just like cleanup work, yeah, a lot of cleanup work. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of like um, political tension, mm-hmm. right? Um, with China, Ukraine, and um, Russia, and I, I don't know. This like completely like this completely went under the rug, like the last um, year or two years. Like just the whole idea of like um, North Korea, that just went right under the rug. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like we're leaving a lot of political tension. Up for the coming generations. I can't. Yeah, you can't find it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so well, there's who, that. Who was the one that said the quote? It was one of Hank Reardon's um, business partners. I believe it was uh, the iron ore mine um, owner. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it's like that, right? The political tension for one, and number two is just kind of like the. Continu- the continuously growing um, national debt, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is, I think now it's like reaching seventeen trillion, wow. if not a little bit more. I gotta look. I gotta look that one up. <laughs> that one. But yeah, so I, it's, I a, it's, it's a like lot 17. of money. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of money, <laughs> like a lot, which is kind of mind-boggling. Um, national debt, as of right now. Oh, actually, it's higher than that. Holy cow. What's it? Um, so the public debt as of um, December 31st of 2018 it was at $16.1 trillion, but with trans-governmental holdings the total debt held was approximately $21.97 trillion. Holy crap! Wow, it's a lot of money. No, you're right. We've we've dug a pretty big hole. Yeah, and that kind of like makes me wonder. Is like, in if we were to think of like the countries, right, as just individual, like individual people, right, with everyone that's kind of running the government, like that little voice in your head, right, like just in theory, this in a sense kind of fits. Aaron Rand's kind of like model. The U.S. is out there to fend for itself, more or less, right? Trying to stick it to the man, or in this case, the the U.N. Because right now, the voice in the head is pretty much like <laughs> Donald Trump, who's like clearly going under a lot of scrutiny and everything like that. But yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, you know, I think every government is out for their own interests. Yeah. And that would that on the individual level will definitely speak to Ayn Rand it's worry about yourself yeah um, make those deals sure you have to play nice with your neighbors but you do it for your own advantage yeah the US is no different than China or mm-hmm. North Korea or Britain or any of those other countries that also do the same thing yeah. um, Brexit 
<laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's very very self interest, mm-hmm. and and you know that's the way the government should be. It's the American government. It should be. <clears throat> It should be representing the American people, right? Yeah. So it should be the and the Russian government is supposed to represent the Russian people. Yeah. So there, it's it's inherently supposed to be uh, highly selfish, and, yeah, and kind of cutthroat. But you it know, pretty much is, and that's kind of like really interesting because when you just think of that and just the whole idea of like um, objectivism and going back to like Aaron Rand's. If, like I was saying earlier, if each individual country was a person, it would fit the mold pretty well. Sort of. Because, um, again, part of it is is doing business ethically, like yeah. I said, integrity and with honor. And, um, and you can look at today's corporations and you can say they're not doing that. So she would have a big problem. Like a lot of... Uh, she appeals mostly to uh, the right wing, and she appeals mm-hmm. all, highly to like libertarians. They're constantly saying, "Let get the government off my back. Let me um, let me do my thing without any intervention." And this is wrong. That I shouldn't have to be forced to um, do all of these things for the government. Altruism is a big concept in mm-hmm. there. So, you know, she would have a bit a big problem with the way today's companies operate. Okay. Um, because they need to do it with integrity, they need to do it with honor. So when you hear things like, when you hear any kind of blanket statement that a company makes saying, um, there's no evidence that suggests that my product causes XYZ condition, um, so you know I'm not liable for anything, right? When we know damn well that there's internal memos and internal emails where they are aware that it does, but there's no studies or there's no journals or there's no research that exists right now that mm-hmm. does it. But they know. They're aware of it. It's just we can't prove it. So that's mm. unethical. Yeah. That is wrong. And according to Ayn Rand, that shouldn't happen. And, and honestly, I think most people would agree businesses shouldn't operate that way. But they do because um, the cost of, of owning up to that mistake is great and they don't want to pay that cost they want to keep those profits so yeah that's that's the that's a very very big nudge where where businesses disconnect and they stop following that path of of producing because you're supposed to do it the right way um or another one is is where a company will uh lay off a bunch of people not pay them the wages that they can and uh force less people to do the work that to do more work for less money. So you got like a huge company that where the, let's take, um, what is it, Jeff Bezos? Mm-hmm. Um, One of the richest guys in the world. He, you know, and he's paying his people minimum wage. There's a lot of people that are arguing against that. So, and I think that the disparity is where it is. If he wasn't making as much as he was, I think it, people wouldn't have a problem with him paying the people that he is. But, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but he's, literally one of the richest guys in the world and he can afford to pay his people a little bit better and to give them bathroom breaks and all these other and all these other horrible things that we hear so you know is he sacrificing honor integrity and paying his people well to for the sake of of profit Mm -hmm. right so those practices um i think are, are where businesses stray they should own up to their mistakes. They should say, they should build it, it should be about building a better, cheaper product with integrity with honor. That's the key key point there and we don't have that in today's capitalism. Do you see any of that in Chicago though? Like cuz I know you you grew up in pretty much around the city a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then looking at businesses and people in the community, do you think that that the people are more lean more towards like selflessness or more selfish? Well, I think, honestly, selfish is the way most of us operate, yeah. period. We're, we're every single person, every action that you do. Um, the first almost, thought is about you. Right? Almost every action yeah. that you do is a selfish action. Uh, selfish is an interesting concept because I think when you say that, people inherently think negative. Yeah. Oh, you're selfish. You're, you're being greedy. You're being bad. Um, but, I mean... Selfish is is kind of just defined as looking after your self-interests. 
whether that's a good action or a bad action is for other people to decide, mm. not for you. You're doing it for you. And maybe you're doing a good thing that, you know, people might say you're selfless, but you're not. Maybe it makes you happy. Maybe mm. maybe going and volunteering my time makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I like the feeling that I feel internally by doing good to and other people. Right? And that's a still a selfish behavior mm-hmm. because I'm still getting something out of doing things for others. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, there's very few actions that are truly, truly selfless. Almost everything can be can be defined as selfish in one way. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think the only thing I could think of where it's like true altruism, true selfless um is any kind of action that comes out of love. Hmm. It's the only thing I can think of. Like a mother caring for their child. Yeah. You know, because the mother's not doing something for herself. Um, she's caring for that child, but it's based out of love. She loves that child. That's true. And, and you know, she's not building any love by caring for that child. That love is just in there. Yeah. So, it's innate. Yeah. So I think that's the only kind of examples that I can come up with that doesn't have some kind of selfish um, underlying tone, whether it's monetary. I get up and I go to work because I want money. I love what I do for a living. I love the the way I impact other people's lives. But I wouldn't do that if I wasn't getting paid. Mm-hmm. I would do something else. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a selfish um, tone with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think every behavior is selfish in a sense. I just, you know... It's up to, to society or other people to decide whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Well, what do you think, um, I guess personally, like, what would drive a successful city? Ooh. Oh. I Ooh. feel, I for me, I think you're right. Well, that's up, the people that are currently sitting on top, they're pretty much, they went selfish, the, the selfish I mean, way. Because they had to build something for themselves. But in a sense... I, I guess like um, indirectly somehow like the, they are building the community somehow it's giving back to the community but I feel like that wasn't the initial thought maybe does that make sense uh, what do you think the initial thought would be more just for themselves like oh I want to build this business right and then if it blows up then it just so happens to be helping other people mm-hmm. I'd agree with that sure yeah I mean <sighs> I don't know of very many businesses that are started to not create profit or to not mm-hmm. to not uh, and even nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but they're not nonprofits. All that means is that all the money at the end of the day has to be accounted for, mm-hmm. whether it's somebody's salary or it goes back into whatever it is that your that your nonprofit stands to impact, mm-hmm. right? So, you you know, and that's why you have nonprofits with people making double-digit millions in, in salary. Yeah. It's not a nonprofit. They created that. It does generate profit. They just don't have any profit left over in the business by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's all that means. Um, so, yeah, every business, I think, is generated to create money. Yeah. That's true. Either, like, if not money, you're just trying to, like spread awareness and kind of like your ideas yeah I mean do they do good sure they, they there is some good that they do I'm not obviously I'm not saying down with nonprofits. But, yeah um, you know and, and yeah they spread their ideas like hey I'm a subject expert in this and this is my business and I'm gonna you know grow that mm-hmm. um, so yeah but I think ultimately yeah they did they started with profit in mind yeah that's pretty much everything um, like even um, you call it like us like we we started the podcast right in terms of like just trying to pretty much spread awareness right and kind of like give a everyone their like everyone's got a voice like we were talking about earlier and kind of like we want to kind of show that to the world that you know you're not alone in a sense but also yeah we still we're trying to kind of generate some type of um, revenue stream. Of course. And that's still a hard thing to do, right? We're still trying to figure it out. But as of right now, we're not really making much or we're not making anything, actually. Mm. But yeah. So donate, guys. 
yes if you will support please. subscribe <laughs> follow yeah so that we can keep pushing out this awesome content and thumbs up while you still can yeah while you still can <laughs> my thumb oh no it broke off I have no thumbs left yeah I mean look at Aligned the company yeah. we all work for They it's it's a business so mm-hmm. it has to create profit in order to keep growing and keep going and yeah. keep paying all of us mm-hmm. um, but also at their core their their uh, mission is to change um, change the way the public sees healthcare. yeah mm-hmm. Right. And that's always kind of been their driving force. So they'll they definitely like operate in a way to kind of get that information or to drive that that point. Yeah. But it still needs to generate profits so that it can continue to grow. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought, but like <laughs> I was going to say, um, uh-uh. oh, damn it. But the, I want to pay homage to like these kinds of, I guess, ideologies, because without them, I don't think society would be where it is now because you need a mixture of like everything and that's just what i guess turns the gears of society yeah that's and, true and i think that's where you ayn rand have, like, is one thing, right? you know going back to ayn rand and ayn rand i think that's where she became so powerful is again like she's super highly controversial but yeah. she got us to think and and there's there's a lot of people that talk about her that come up with her. You you just growing up in the city saw who is John Galt and you didn't even know what that was about. I did not. You know, you <laughs> played a video game, Bioshock, and you didn't realize that her work was kind of influential in there. Mm-hmm. And me, I stumbled across it, you know, when I was much younger, um, listening to a radio jockey. Mm-hmm. It was Mankow Muller, I think, if you remember him. Uh, he was I like a. <laughs> he was he's a libertarian shock jock, okay. um, and and he would you know he was he's like a tamer kind of. I don't want to say Rush Limbaugh. I don't want to put him in the same category, but he's got that sensationalist uh, like here's the truth, and he's like oh, you know okay. really like kind of kind of loud and stuff. But he's not as far right as like a Rush Limbaugh is. But he brought up that book, and he said it it changed his life and it changed the way he thought. He he generated thought and he said it was one of the books best books he's ever read so i was like oh i'll try that out why not um and that's how i stumbled on it whereas other people study it in 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 their coursework oh my Mm -hmm. god yeah Um, yeah. my friend molly she um i think she said grade school or high school but they teach that eighth grade she said in eighth grade they read that book Mm -hmm. alice alice shrugged Shrugged. and i'm like interesting and they they studied ayn rand yeah, I never heard about her growing up in school. I, yeah. I, I, I st- like I said, I was listening to the radio and I came across it. We studied George Orwell, Big Brother. Cool. Nineteen eighty-one. Right, nineteen eighty-one. I never. I don't no. think I've read him. That's kind of almost. You mean that one book, right? Um, same, same concept. Where like there's the government's the Big Brother watching yeah, you. Yeah, that's. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's nineteen eighty-one. I think it's nineteen forty-one. Something like that. Or Probably. Something. I think it's nineteen. Yeah. I read. I remember reading that in high school. But it's really interesting how we. <laughs> How we all stumble upon this kind of just differently, but she's she's great. I, I love her because of the fact that she creates this this thought. I don't necessarily agree with her philosophies mm-hmm. either, and um, but every time the subject of her comes up, people usually have such a strong reaction, um, either for mostly against, that I find myself in the in the position of having to explain her frequently. Even though I never studied philosophy, um, you know, I couldn't go into the the whole depth of if is is it an actual philosophy or not. Yeah. Um, I just kind of took the time to really, really understand what she was thinking about. She took it for what it was. Um, and and like I said, I, I had to have the position of explaining it often because people were usually just had such a strong reaction that I was like, but but this is what she's saying. Yeah. Um, and I found that that made me understand it so much more. So it taught me to, um, it really, really taught me to just kind of listen to the other side. And then, mm-hmm. so whenever I'm generating a thought or, or, or something's going on in my head, yeah. you know, I, I'm able to take myself out of my own body and put myself in, mm-hmm. in the opposition thought and say, hmm, what would they think about yeah. this? Well, how, how would they feel about it? And why are they thinking differently than I am? Mm-hmm. And I found that I understood things so much more yeah. by doing that. And I think that you, know, you said that very well. And so our listeners, if anything, you know, with anything, go in with an open mind because that's yeah. the best way to learn. I mean, granted, 
just like Mark said, just put yourself in their shoes. Just kind mm-hmm. of think, try to think how they're thinking, right? Just see how they're thinking, and then you can learn a lot more, um, or at least gain a better understanding. Totally, yeah. and and that's that's a lesson that I think honestly, you know, this world really needs to hear, mm-hmm. um, especially today, because we just we don't take the time to to consider opposition to consider any kind of thought mm. we make our minds up so quickly and they fight right away they argue right yeah away. and and it's like oh you don't believe me you're you're a libtard or you're a republican <laughs> idiot or and and people just like throw each other under the bus and they just completely reject the argument automatically yeah. and then they can go on social media and they can hear fifty thousand other people that think the way that they think and they're like okay i'm right I know I'm right because look at all these other people that also feel the same way. Yeah, we need to we need to have dialogue. We don't have dialogue anymore because we don't take the time to listen to the other side, regardless of whatever it is. Yeah, and kind of like um, taking that right and just kind of like using it as like you know a way to kind of like just live your life in terms in terms right. Um, it's kind of like just seeing, trying to create a reason why of understanding right like why so-and-so person is doing this or why they're doing that right like for a good example of that actually is like morning traffic right when you're trying to go to work you have all these people like honking raging <laughs> and speeding and whatnot and kind of like i never really thought about that until i actually started working at a line because um I got to travel from up um, up north over here in um, Saganash all the way down to like um, Wicked Park. So I take um, 9094 all the time. And it really kind of made me think more. And like I just need to calm down and just yeah. chill out a little bit. Because like you would see all these cars just fly by honking, taking the emergency lane and everything like that. I'm like, man, it's either these guys woke up in the wrong bed today or they're like <laughs> on an... Um, they're in a rush, whether it's a family emergency or, mm-hmm. like, some other reason and stuff like that. So I kind of, like, developed a means of, like, giving the other person that's kind of, like, either mad <clears throat> or in a rush, like, a an excuse. Yeah. So I kind of did that. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah, benefit of the doubt, but also just kind of, like, giving them a reason for their actions, mm. more or less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And kind of like going back too, it's like um, I was already kind of like that with confrontation or like altercations. Like <clears throat> I was driving this guy home. We I tell, tell the story, story all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was driving this guy home um, from our prior work uh, place. We were just working out. Um, it was at Galter Life Center, and we we're just taking. Um, I'm not sure if you're too familiar with this general area, uh, Mark. But general, yeah. Yeah. So like, I was taking like Jersey or which is also Kedzie. Yeah. But it turned into the Jersey. Um, we we're taking a left down that street onto Lincoln. And then I was to make a right onto Lincoln. And there was a guy uh, there was a guy in front of me, right, that just happened to be going the same way. And when I made that right onto Lincoln after the left onto uh, after the left from Jersey to Lincoln. And I was making <laughs> too that, many directions. Sorry. Too many directions. <laughs> right. But yeah, so I made I made a turn, he made a t- or he made a turn, I made the same turn. Several turns later, he pulls off to like the center lane. Uh, I didn't think much of it. He was probably, I was thinking he'd probably gonna go to Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Um, I continued straight. Uh, I made another turn. He comes in right behind me and then goes into oncoming traffic and cuts me off. And then he gets out of the car, furious, and kind of like, um, yeah, like just saying like, um, you think it's a game or, you know, you want to fight or something. He was trying Actually, to yeah, instigate yeah, a yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Sure. And at that point, I was like, buddy, no, I'm not trying to follow you. I'm not playing any games. I'm just bringing my co-worker home so somehow you triggered him without yes. even knowing exactly i had a similar experience i had a guy actually pull a gun on me mm. man that's um, right yeah so, yeah that, that was also why I, I de-escalated that uh that situation because yeah. i don't know what that guy had mm, totally and i don't know if he was on drugs or anything like that oh yeah i don't know if he was like trying to transport quote unquote transport some substance mm-hmm. in the car sure he, yeah you never know edge. and yeah. and it's better to just not engage than to Take the chance and find out. Like, exactly. What, what's the what's what's going to happen either way? Like yeah. you know, you guys fight, you go to jail. One of you gets hurt. Maybe someone gets stabbed or shot. It's not worth it. Yeah. Over a perceived little accident. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yeah. The the gun that got pulled on me. I was driving home from college. 
Um, and back then we didn't have cell phones or any of that stuff. So, but they did have a bulletin board where it's like, Hey, if you're going home for this weekend to this area, you know, collect people like ride share kind of early form of ride share using mm-hmm. a bullet bulletin board and they'll give you some gas money. So I had two, oh, peop- awesome. I had two people in my car yeah. and I was driving home and I was, uh, I had this little piece of shit little car that was like zero to 60 in maybe two days. <laughs> two days. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah. This, this you remember t- making model? Uh, it was a Pontiac 6000 LE. Pontiac I don't, those don't even LE. exist anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, look it up, people. You'll you'll it I'm ages me. To... That ages me real quick. Um, <laughs> it it's a tiny little four cylinder car. It okay. was just this piece of shit car, um, and it was all beat up and, and used up. But it was a college kid, yeah. and um, driving home, that I was in the middle of on the highway. It was like a three lane highway. I'm in the middle lane. There's nobody a hundred yards in front or behind me, and all of a sudden, this big SUV comes up and gets right on my ass. Um, he's, left and right. Yeah, you could go around me on the left. The left lane's open. I'm not blocking, but he comes right up on my ass, and then he um, does comes around me. He comes to the side, comes in front, like and, and cuts like really close to my to my front end, and then comes back around to my passenger side. And the girl who was in the passenger side flicks him off. She gives him the, uh, the finger. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Don't don't like this don't dude's crazy." Yeah. yeah, and that set him off. So he Good gets job. in. He gets in front of me and he brake checks me. He slams on his brakes and I slam on mine. And then he comes back around to the passenger side, and she flicks him off a second time. Kick this girl out! Oh my god, I was so pissed. I was yelling at her. I was like, "Lee, stop!" And she's like, "What? He's being an asshole!" And like, right? She's justifying just, it. Just yeah, exactly. Even more. So that second time yeah. really pissed him off. He gets over to the driver to my side. Um, he. Uh, Shows me a gun. He pulls out a gun. He shows me the gun. I see him put a clip in it. He clicks it back and he points it right at me. So this guy's got a huge SUV, something like a suburban sized kind of thing, black SUV. Um, there's no way. I can't outrun this guy. My car is so slow. I can't. I'm not going to ram him. It's tiny. I can't like speed off. I can't hit you my. Two other, you have two other people in your yeah, car. Yeah, I'm it's like, there's, like, there's, there's. You were pretty much. I, done. I realized I was like, there's nothing I can do that this guy can't counter. I, I you know, so, um, I, I was like, oh my god, this guy's gonna shoot me. Um, so the only thing I can think to do was, uh, you remember those? You guys may not remember this, but there's these old like brick uh, cell phones. It's like yeah. the first version of a cell phone. I remember those. I had one of those. It's like for emergency only. Don't use because it's like five dollars a minute or something like that um but i had one of those so as he like i said he he showed me the gun put the clip in clicked it and and pointed it at me so i grabbed the phone i showed it to him and i started pressing 911 on there and and called luckily he didn't shoot he obviously he sped off and just disappeared but all because of of road rage that's a that's a story that that story was helpful when I was teaching my daughter how to drive. Yeah. Was this, where was this at? Uh, 53 North on the highway. I was coming home from NIU. I went to NIU. Oh, wow. So I was coming home from DeKalb. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. So you never know. People are, people are crazy. It's just better to not engage ever. That's true. De-escalate the situation if you can. Don't engage. Especially in Chicago. There's so much... Like, that. that's the stigma, but... I mean, and we're trying to change it, but the just crime and violence. like it's just, <clears> I mean, it's crime like, and violence is everywhere, It's right? everywhere, And yeah. it's really up to the individual, right? If they're clearly, like, holding themselves a certain way, or they have a certain demeanor, that's going to cause certain conflicts to happen, right? But if you're just minding your own business, going, going through your own day-to-day thing, yeah. you know, for the most part, you'll be fine. Yeah. Right, because no one's going to bother you. You're not bothering them. You're just doing your own thing. They're doing their own thing. Usually. Right? You Yeah, usually, right? Until you <laughs> encounter someone that's um, hot-headed or just really kind of flustered that day. And even and then, then the there's usually thing. things you can do to, yeah. again, de-escalate the situation. Yeah. So um, Think about it, though. That's Ayn Rand. Do your own thing. Don't worry about anyone else. Yeah, focus on yourself and... And and I'm, nothing nothing. Um, I think I put the quote out on Facebook or something. Um, bef- like recently, it was something to the effect of 
there's nothing in my life that got worse when I focused on myself and got and made myself a better person. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a quote, cool, something that popped in my head when I was running. And I was like, oh man, I've been, I'm running, I'm losing weight, I'm feeling better. I have, I've got all these thoughts that pop in my head as I run. That's why I love to run because mm-hmm. I, it's, it's almost my like kind of philosophical moments. And yeah, I was like, wow, n- nothing gets worse when, when every single person like self improves, nothing in this world gets worse. Is it possible to go that route without being jaded to other people? Like, I kind of have this problem, right, when I'm trying to improve on myself, grow, develop. But um, in doing so, I kind of, like, block people out because, like, that's how I focus. Does does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, in the moment when you're working out or when you're whatever it is you're doing? Um. More like it, w- it would maybe like a year or two, like in a, like the whole year or two you when I was in college. Of, I was like, you know what? I'm you just disappear. I pretty much went. Like, I'm close. Close. <laughs> yeah. Peace out, dudes. Yeah. Bye. I don't think that's a healthy way of doing it, right? I, I so. mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, so it's like going back to what we were talking about um, during like the last episode with like uh, Connor and uh, Eric. It's like when you gotta dial it back just to look out for your own health. It's like just do it. Totally. You, know, you gotta. You gotta. Because you're your own priority and you're your highest um, investment. Or, yeah, pretty much. You're, 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 you are your highest investment because if your emotional state of mind is being drained by X, Y, and Z, you need to take a step back and reevaluate the situation now. Just because yeah. if you're emotionally down, right, or if you're not feeling like your normal self, you're not going to perform good and you're going to make kind of bad decisions or like just poor decisions more or less. And then it's going to really, you know, affect your investment in a sense. Yeah. Right. Because you are your own investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The concept is, I mean, <clears throat> again, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing that you stepped away and and, um, you know, Maybe they were creating distractions and you needed that space. Who, who knows? But mm-hmm. I mean, the, the concept is that. Self-improvement, whenever you better yourself, mind, body, spirit, whatever it is, you're just that much more capable to be a better person for mm-hmm. whoever it is that's in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, your fiance, yeah. your friends, all of that stuff. Um, I don't know if you need to like, if, if you're, I don't know if you need to exit them out of your life temporarily while you're doing that. But um, but yeah, just the whole idea of, of getting yourself better just makes you that much more able to mm-hmm. help. Yeah. Mm. And and you know, if they're your friends and you tell them like, hey, I need to I need I need a, a couple weeks, I'm gonna kinda close the doors and, and focus on myself and, and really kind of come out of it a little bit better place, they should understand I, yeah, if you're if they're your friends mm-hmm. and support you. But if they're like, Hey, where you been? I, you're not my friend anymore because you didn't Text me back. Yeah. You dipped that on me. And then, I don't yeah. know. It's different, yeah. Hmm. Makes sense. That kind of says more about them than... I've got friends that, you know, they live in other parts of the country, and we don't talk for sometimes over a year or so. And yet when I get get back in touch with them or they get back in touch with me, it's like we. It's like time never... Yeah, mattered, never Like moved. it never yeah. stopped, you know? Yeah, I, I, get I feel like that's how it should be, too. It's yeah. like... You know, you develop these relationships and these, um, you know, with these people that you bond with. And for the most part, they usually end up like that, right? Where it's like you can, you trust the individual and, you know, you guys are good friends, but just life circumstances, right? Take you into different directions in life. Totally. And then, you know, y'all doing your own thing. And then from there, you guys can still come back one day and get like a, like a beer or something. And just like yep. kick it like, you know, it was yesterday. I guess it's just, just <clears> come out. Or something like that. And, um, you know, if they ever call, I'm there. Yeah. It's just, it's how it is. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I guess with that being said, we'll wrap this up. Uh, what kind of, what advice would you want to leave the listeners? Ooh. Yeah. In terms of, yeah, everything we talked about today. Um... I like the concept of just consider the opposition. If you're ever going to have a thought, just consider the opposite thought and think about it for a while and see 
you know, if nothing else, it, it'll solidify your viewpoint that much more clear, clearly when you consider alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, realize that selfishness is not bad. It's good to look out for yourself. It's good to to impact yourself and make yourself better. Um, but don't be a dick. It's it's pretty simple. You don't have to be an a-hole to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, then you're probably on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I feel so. You may not believe so. Um, that's mainly about it. I don't know. Is there any other topics <laughs> that, like that you would gear that towards? Um, what do you mean? Like the that advice? Yeah. Um, I would say. I mean, just like what we talked about today, right? With objectivism, just be like you said, just being able to understand it. I mean, you don't have to truly believe it, but just stick an open. I mean, just have an open yeah. mind, you know, because yeah. you you want to be able to understand what other people are saying. You don't want to close yourself off to these these yeah. things. You're just limiting yourself, to be honest. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, and I, like I said, I don't even fully agree with Ayn Rand. I think she, I think she's got a a, a decent system down, but. I think where she faults is she doesn't factor in man's um, natural flaws. Exactly, exactly. In order for her system to work, everyone would have to operate um, morally and with integrity and honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't. We right. we lie. We, we cheat. We cheat. We steal. We mm-hmm. we're we're bad people. Yeah. The fact that we have to create laws yeah. proves that. <clears throat> if we were so good. We wouldn't even need laws because everyone would just naturally yeah. be doing it. Yeah, because Ayn so, Rand's ideology, it's like the perfect man, the perfect exactly. city, the perfect society. Exactly. The utopia for right. the, pers- the perfect person. And yeah. and that person doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not possible. Mm. I've lied in my life, you know. So We've all lied in our lives. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I would I would be lying if I said I didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know we 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 flaw. Um, but you would have, you couldn't do that, um, and operate in her world. And that's where I think she gets it wrong. Mm-hmm. I think, but she does have a lot of good concepts, uh, that make you think, which yeah. I like. Mm-hmm. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. So with that, Mark, we just want to thank you for coming on. Cool. Yeah. I was glad to be here. It was our pleasure to host you. And, uh, this definitely was a very interesting kind of discussion in terms of like just understanding kind of like the human mind more or less right yeah. and with that said yeah um, play Bioshock now yeah you I, I gotta play all of them now yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, with that said to our viewers and listeners um, thank you for dining with us mm-hmm. and we will or you wanna yeah actually um, if you haven't already follow us on Spotify subscribe on YouTube Apple leave a rev- uh, review a rating on Apple podcast and um, yeah we appreciate any kind of feedback we're still learning and growing but um yeah, yeah, and that, and hit us up on Instagram because we post a lot on there and we like to interact with you guys more. Um, you know, DM us your questions and even topics you guys are interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, team effort. Thanks go. for supporting us till now. Mm-hmm. And two. again, thank you for dining with us, and we will see you on the next one. Bye bye.